you know, startups, it's, uh, it's more like an art, right, than the science. Yeah. Um, I think one thing is always thinking about the go-to-market. Uh, we as entrepreneurs, we tend to think too much about the technology and uh, do we have a cool technology or not? Is it defensible? Uh, but sometimes you need to think, how am, am I going to sell this uh, product? Uh, and you need to think about it from day one, exactly as you think about the algorithm and the code. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by J Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders, meet Idan Tendler, co-founder and CEO of Bridge Group. Idan is a serial entrepreneur, vice president of the DevSecOps product line in the Prisma Cloud Business Unit at Palo Alto Networks. He was previously co-founder and CEO of Bridge Crew, a pioneer in cloud security solutions for developers, which was acquired by Palo Alto Networks in March of 2021 for $200 million, less than two years after then it was founded. Idan was also the co-founder and CEO of Fortscale, a leading user behavior analytics startup, which was acquired by RSA Security in 2018. Before that, he was founder and head of the cybersecurity business unit at Elbit Systems, Israel's leading defense integrator, and served in the IDF's elite intelligence and cyber unit 8200. Idan Tendler, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Thank you, Michael. I'm great. I'm Thanks for hosting me here in this romantic place. I, I, I feel the same way that you do, and <laughs> I, I, I just love being able to do this in person, uh, especially you know, in conversations like this. And we just had had an amazing conversation getting to know each other. And I'm really excited to now share with a lot of my friends a little bit about your own journey, both as a person, but also as an entrepreneur. Today, you're at Palo Networks because uh, your startup bridge crew uh, with two amazing co-founders was recently acquired by Palo yep. uh, by just less than two years, which is a story on its own. Uh, before that, uh, with Fortscale, your other startup, uh, and, and we share a lot in common in general. So I'm, I'm just happy to do this conversation together. Yeah, me too. Tell me a little bit about who you are as Idan. Who, you know, in your core, who, who is Idan? Wow. Uh, so I'm from Rishon. You know, I was born and raised in Rishon Lezion in Israel. Uh, and I just came back from like seven years in San Francisco in the Bay Area. Yeah. But I'm, you know, eventually I'm from Rishon. Eventually from Rishon. Yeah. An engineer, entrepreneur, thinker. What, what, how do you define yourself? These days, like uh, a dad, a husband, entrepreneur, uh, and a leader, I guess. What does uh, that mean to you? I, you know, from, from the day I remember myself, I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to, you know, change the, I guess, the status quo of things. Only now I see it in retrospect. Interesting. Um, is I, it mainly in technology or do you also see that in, in real world? You know, when I was a kid, when I was in Unit A200, uh, it wasn't about technology. It right. was about teams and it was about building processes and about building new projects. Uh, because I'm not coming from a technological background. Right. Uh, so this is why I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. You know, I have uh, an uncle, which I admire. And he is coming from the entrepreneurship world, uh, but he has a background in hardware, like very, very technology. 
So when I was a kid, I said, wow, that's cool, but I will never be an entrepreneur because I'm not that into technology. I was into, I don't know, Arabic and the politics and then the building stuff. Uh, and again, only in retrospect, I think I was actually an, an entrepreneur. So you're not just an entrepreneur, you're a multi-serial entrepreneur with now two startups behind you yep. and, and who knows what will happen in the future. How, what makes that leap? So how do you go from saying, I, I don't think I'll be an entrepreneur to, you know, building Fortscale, then spending time hiking, you mentioned, to figure out what company you want to build next? Yeah, so, you know, uh, life, just, I guess, what happened. <laughs> uh, so after I finished my military service in Unit A200, I started to learn engineering, but it was industrial engineering. So it wasn't like a real engineering, as my wife says. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I just, um, I, I did a couple of gigs uh, in the VC world, actually, in El Ron. Uh, so I, for the first time, I saw myself meeting CEOs and founders, and it was really cool. But the first real conversation opportunity I got was uh, from the head of Unit A200. Yeah, uh, wow. Cohen, I knew him, we worked together in the past, and he just started, you know, I'm talking about 2009. Wow. He just started to work in uh, um, Elbit, which is like the biggest, you know, defense integrator in Israel. And he told me, yeah, Tendler, well, you know, you should come here, let's do something around cybersecurity. And to be honest, I knew what is cyber, more from, not from the security part, from the other part, from my military service. But I didn't know what is cybersecurity. Uh, and he said, yeah, you should jo join. And I, know I also didn't think I would work in a defense industry, right? Right. Uh, but uh, it was like a good opportunity and a good challenge. And I just joined. It was just me and a laptop. Wow. Uh, and for a couple of months, we just prepared what should we do. And after two years, it was a group of, I don't know, 70, 80 people that wow. I led. Uh, and we became one of the fastest uh, growth engine of this huge company. And we dealt with cybersecurity, sold millions of dollars across the world. And one day, uh, um, one guy that I worked with came into my room, I remember it, and he told me, Idan, you should have your own startup. And this is where I said, oh, actually, this is what I'm doing here. That's I, actually what, yeah. I'm building a startup, but in a bigger corp. Uh, the next day, I just quit. Actually, yeah, uh, and uh, we we built uh, actually together our first wow. startup, and that was uh, Fold Scale. Unbelievable! Tell me a little bit about you know not not necessarily the the journey of Fort Scale, but if you know moving from one startup to the next, having spent meaningful time with Fort Scale and being you know very thoughtful person, what are some of the key takeaways as you transitioned into or you started Bridge Crew and specifically? Yeah. How do you think those then impacted, you know, the trajectory of Bridge Crew, which obviously was an amazing success? Wow. So, yeah, Fortscale was a long journey of, yeah. uh, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, we were in very deep area of security, finding insider threats, like, you know, finding Edward Snowden that was in the NSA, finding it in your company, in your bank. Uh, we raised, you know, more than $20 million, but it was very, very challenging journey. We had you know, amazing experience. We had Cisco, we had Yahoo uh, as customers, uh, but it was challenging. And eventually we were acquired uh, by RSA Security, uh, but it was like uh, not that good of an exit. Um, and I didn't join RSA Security. And uh, 
I decided that I need to take like some time off. And back then I, I, I was living in San Francisco. Uh, I had two kids, now I have three. And I just started to hike. Literally hike? Yeah, yeah. I think I know every hill, every mountain in the Bay Area, like give me three hours from San Francisco, I've been there. Um, and I just hiked. That's what you, so you would wake up, go to a hill that... I threw the kids usually at the school uh, and just took some food, usually chocolate chip cookies and went hiking. Not for the physical ex aspect of it or... No, I just heard some good music. Uh, sometimes I took good friends with me. Sometimes it, mainly it was by myself. And then I started actually writing. Wow. So I, I brought like a paper and a pen uh, and then a laptop and I just started writing and I, I just started writing, you know, the key lessons that I learned from the Fold scale experience. So we started with all the good things like uh, bring good customers, bring good VCs and then the bad things. But then it became personal. So what, what did I do which was good and what did I do that was really wrong because of me? Because I'm a person eventually. And it took me a couple of months to reach that, that level. Uh, I knew that I want to do another startup. It burned like really, really hard in, inside my heart. But I didn't know exactly w in which area. Right. Uh, actually, I didn't want to do it in security. Wow. Uh, I wanted to do other things. Um, and then a year later, I founded BridgeCore. Why? What, what was the thought of straying away from security? Was it mainly to, to experience something else? So first, yeah, I wanted to, you know, I, I saw myself as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a, CEO. as a manager, as a leader, not necessarily as a security professional. And I said, OK, I want to, you know, give me a new challenge. And another thing in security, usually the majority of security companies, they try to sell some fear. Right. Uh, you have to buy us unless yes. the uh, North Koreans will come, right? And I didn't like it. I wanted to do something more positive. Okay. It's a more positive value. By the way, eventually Bridgecrew, we did sell a positive value. We just came to developers right. uh, and we said, hey, we will help you. We will yeah. help you to be more effective and to be more efficient. Right. Uh, so in that case, yeah, we did security eventually, but it was positive. So we're talking about the, you know, CEO and leadership and entrepreneurship. Now you mentioned as we were walking in, I was shocked that you, you're not a developer yourself. Yep. You don't really write code yep. uh, and... Never write a single line of code. Never wrote a nope. single line. I know that I'm proud of it because effectively you've built a tool that was very effectively helping developers. You know, you both went into the open source world and I spoke with Barack quite a bit about it and it sounds like an incredible journey. A way to lead that journey is by truly understanding, you know, developers and not just their day job, but how they think and how they act. But then creating a product that, that actually worked and, and you yep. leading this, this mothership and being the captain of it. How does that work without not knowing how to write a single line of code? Uh, sometimes it's a disadvantage, but sometimes it's uh, an advantage. First of all, in Bridge Crew, you know, I founded it with Barack and Guy. Yeah. Well, amazing. Right. You know, and they are amazing with their capabilities and technical background and... Uh, we complement each other a lot. Uh, and this is one thing. I didn't feel that I missed the, this background. But second, I just know uh, which questions, I guess, to ask. And I know 
who should I ask it? So the first thing I did, and then we did it together, we just interviewed a lot of people. We interviewed something like 100 security uh, wow. manager CISOs uh, before we developed something. Wow. Um, and that was actually one of the conclusions. You remember my hiking? Yeah. That was one of the lessons learned. Never write a product without being certain that somebody will actually use it. And um, we did it. And when you talk to so many people from diverse you know, backgrounds and big companies, small companies, then you, started to, you start to feel to hear what they actually need. Uh, and I think this was an advantage I, I brought to the table from day one. Wow. So in your, if you're looking at the day-to-day -day of running Bridge Crew for the very short amount of time that, yeah. that it went on, which is the, the amazing piece of it, how did you, you know, balance the experiences you had with, with your co-founders? So very, very different experiences, very different strengths and weaknesses. Did you have a lot of conversations about it? Were you all very intentional about it on who makes what decision and how much information? Because obviously sometimes maybe Barack would have an idea and to back it up, he would have to go and explain yeah. on this tangent and why the developers will love it. How much of those did you need to have in order to be effective in leading this company? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I'm not sure I thought enough about it. I guess it's like a marriage, like, uh, you know, being a couple. Uh, each one is bringing something else to the table and it's all about chemistry. Right. Uh, it was clear from day one that I'm more the outbound voice i'm bringing the customers i'm bringing the investors i'm bringing the advisors i'm telling the story of who we are uh, and it was very clear that the guy who is a brilliant product uh, manager and, v and vp of product is leading the product and decides what actually are we building and it was clear that barack is the genius that the cto that uh you know, brings the open source and building the community around it and actually create the first uh, engineering team. Right. And it was clear. I'm not sure even we talked about it. Wow. Uh, it was very clear. But also it's like marriage, it's personalities. Usually I'm passionate and I'm, I'm driving, let's do this. And guys say, hey, let's wait like two weeks uh, before we do that. Uh, and Barack is thinking whether it's actually could be done, <laughs> right. right? So we balance each other also with that. On your next journey, let's say you build another company at some point. What is maybe one or two things that you're gonna come in with real conviction? That you're saying like, no matter what, this is what I know, and this is how I wanna run this. Whether if it's about the team, about the market, mm -hmm. about fundraising, what, what is something that you're coming into wow. this next step, really with your, like, your kishke burning? So, wow, I think, um, you know, startups, it's, uh, it's more like an art, right, than a science. Yeah. Um, I think one thing is always thinking about the go-to market. Uh, we as entrepreneurs, we tend to think too much about the technology and uh, do we have a cool technology or not? Is it defensible? Uh, but sometimes you need to think, how am, am I going to sell this uh, product? Uh, and you need to think about it from day one, exactly as you think about the algorithm and the code. And this is something I'm super, super passionate about, uh, building a strategy and a thesis of the go-to-market. In our case, it was bottom-up. 
it was product-led growth, which was really unique. Yeah. Uh, I think we were one of the first I've only been, companies. Yeah, I've only been hearing that. about it the last two, three years properly, which is and right around the time that you started. Yeah, I mean, usually security, you're setting top down, right? You're going to the CISO, you scare him over, yeah. <laughs> and then you're getting a deal of $200,000. In our case, we understood that the persona, the user, is not the security officer, is the developer. And right. they don't care about security. No. And if they do, they will never, you know, run a POC, a proof of concept, or they will never pay you a big check. They will try, they want to try it by themselves. And maybe they will pay you $100. It's a very, very, it's like the opposite model. And we understood that we need to copy uh, models of Slack and of Twilio, companies that really did it in a PLG, in a product-led growth mode. Uh, we didn't have too many models in security, so we needed to copy them, but to translate that to, you know, to the security world, to the DevOps world. Take me back a little bit, a lot. Take me back a lot. Elementary school, middle school. Young, young done. Yeah. What fascinates you? First of all, my Most hair. People, I had definitely more hair back then. <laughs> Most people that I have on the show, they, yeah. they say, oh, well, I was an engineer. I used to take things apart. Yeah. I used to code from five years old. It's not necessarily the case here. What really fascinated you in the day to day? So actually a lot of things. I, uh, I had a lot of imagination and I like to build stuff sometimes physical stuff, like sometimes I took my Playmobil and built cities inside my room uh, and I didn't let any, anyone, including my sister, to, to go in. So it was more like a secret. Uh, and then I wrote my first newspaper. Uh, it was, I think, just for me, maybe for the neighbors, <laughs> then for the school. Uh, and then, you know, I decided I need to be in the student council, although there was not a student <laughs> council back then in my school, which was like one of the biggest schools in Israel. Uh, in Rishon, so I, I built it and actually I became the chairman of this council um, and it was always around, you know, uh, learning new, new stuff. Uh, one day I, I decided I need to learn Arabic. I think it was like the 8th or ninth grade. Wow. Uh, really, it was really important for me. Um, Still in just Rishon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, you know, I really wanted to do that, but also to be, to be with other people, right? Yeah. And to get to know other people. But only, I think, only in Unit A200, maybe you feel the same. When I joined, I felt like really home. For the first time, yeah. I saw people that were more like me. Uh, right. Sometimes much better than me. And I think this is the moment that I... You know, I felt really good with myself. Now, if you look today, and not, not like beyond Bridge Crew and Fort Scale, if you look today and what inspires you, either, you know, generally in this world or, or inspires you to think differently about the world, well, what is it? Is it the ability to do stuff as an entrepreneur, family, problems in the world? What, what inspires you? Wow, well, uh, first of all, I'm now VP in Palo Alto. So right. we're doing the same thing. Yes. Uh, that we did before, but now in a bigger right. corporate, and I own that. And it's funny, you know, Palo Alto is, you know, selling more than $4 billion a year, but probably not a single dollar is coming from a credit card. Wow. We are the first machine in Palo Alto networks that actually you could buy with a credit card. And building a bottom-up motion in this huge company, it's, that's amazing experience. And actually, I love it a lot. Uh, 
you know, uh, I love um, challenges, uh, not only technological, but also people. Uh, how do you build a bigger team in a bigger organization? And we just came back to Israel. So maybe the third thing is uh, we just came back with the family after seven years in San Francisco. Or three, three kids. Three kids, uh, young kids, crazy, amazing. Uh, and we feel again like uh, immigrants. Wow. Uh, we know this space. We love it. We have families and friends and, you know, we have Jerusalem. And, but we feel like different because we're coming with the experience we had right. in the Bay Area, which is more or less the opposite. Right, you know that. Uh, so it's it's fascinating to me to see how we do that. Well, we one age? of the things that I have to say that really inspired me before we started this episode is we talked about the transition to Israel, and one of the things that you mentioned was that it was such an a strong intrinsic conviction that you had as a family. This is where you want to be, and not necessarily because you agree with politics or because you agree with what's happening. In fact, we both share the fact that there are things that we don't agree with, but the fact that at the end, it's some, there's something, in, there's something so, so strong inside of us that, that pulls you. I think that's something very, very special. And I gained a lot of motivation of that for me and for a lot of people that I know that are very conflicted with these thoughts. Yeah, so I, was, I didn't see myself as conflicted. Uh, I insisted that my kids will talk Hebrew and we were Israelis, we celebrated all the, not only the Jewish holidays, but the, you know, the Yom Ha'atzma'ot, Independence Day. Yeah. And it was all about Israel and Israeli song and culture. Uh, but eventually they were Americans, right? And I... And they grew up there, yeah. Yeah, and I was into, you know, so one day my mom called me, did you see what happened in politics or whatever? Yeah. And of course I saw, I'm... I'm I'm hearing Galetza like more than yeah. you, right? <laughs> I mean, Twitter, I was really, really... But then we said, okay, maybe now it's time following the acquisition. Maybe now that was time for us to go back, right? Uh, and I remember that we took the kids, uh, you know, one of them was two years old, uh, but the back then seven years old, we told her, hey, we consider moving back to Israel. And I remember that she, uh, she immediately started crying. And the first thing she said, can I, will I see the family? And I understood that she was waiting for that for her entire life. Wow. Without us even telling her that one day we will be back in Israel. She knew in her back of her mind that it's temporary. Wow. I'm about to cry here. Dan. This is, <laughs> it's amazing. What are a few words you would use to describe yourself? Uh, probably uh, passionate, yeah, as I mentioned. Um, caring, uh, a leader, uh, and friendly. I, I'll take all of those 100% Idan. Todaraba, thank you thank very, you. very much. Thank I can't wait for what, what you do now at Palo Alto Network as a vice president there and for whatever else you do, whether it's in the private sector or any other sector, I, it, I just can't wait. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. 